<laughs> JT and Looney Podcast Episode 69. Number nine, number nine, number nine. Wow. Do you remember the White Album, the Beatles? Long before my time, but by the time the classic rock format came out, I was turned on to a lot of Beatles songs and albums I was unaware of. And I had a college roommate that was obsessed with the Beatles. So I got turned on to a lot of Beatles music. Not that this would be a topic for a profound podcast on the JT and Looney podcast. Episode 69. Because I think we've had enough talk about the Beatles. Don't you think? It's like movies about World War II. I think we've all heard enough Beatles songs. and <laughs> We've all seen enough movies about World War II. I recently had... Hey, it's Looney. I recently had, JT's out, I recently had an interview, well, depending on how you d define recently, but at some point in the past two years, I had an interview at a gigantic, legendary rock station, which now plays mostly classic rock. And I would have loved to have worked there and been on the air at that radio station. But if I have to hear ACDC, you shook me all night long or start me up one more time. I'm going to jump off a building. So I didn't mention that during the, <laughs> during the job interview. Uh, K-Earth 101 is a great radio station in Los Angeles. Great radio station with live disc jockeys almost 24 hours a day. And they're so good. They remind me of the disc jockeys I heard growing up. But I can't listen to Tiny Dancer one more time. They play one Elton John song, it seems. Tiny Dancer. There's a hundred good Elton John songs. And the problem with radio formatting these days is they're not going to play anything a lot of times unless it was a number one song or a top five song. I'm not sure what their, their philosophy is. It's something like that. I do know that there's a lot of songs that never even made the top 40 that have been great songs over the years. A lot of movies nobody goes to see are great movies. Have you ever been on Netflix, HBO, Showtime, and you get pulled into a great movie that you've never heard of? Yeah, there's a lot of great, great songs that for some reason the unwashed masses didn't go out and buy the 45 back in the day. And those songs should still be played on the radio. I grew up under the covers, Elmira, New York, shout out to the 607, listening to far off radio stations, WLS AM 89, The Rock of Chicago, and Jeff Davis, late into the night, Howard Hoffman, WABC, New York. I am baby on 66 W. NBC. And so, uh, and in my hometown, the Big Weenie, 1230 Radio WENY, we had great disc jockeys. Jay Flannery doing the morning show. The Jaybird would wake us up. And on snow days, he'd say, There's no school today. Oh my God, what a great way. To live your life listening to the radio where these great disc jockeys, Steve Cochran, who ended up working at WGN Chicago, was a morning man in Elmira. John and Ken 
from KFI Los Angeles, who are legendary, iconic talk show hosts in Los Angeles, uh, worked at WENY in Elmira. Uh, the Grease Man <laughs> uh, <laughs> from DC 101 in Washington, DC, was a legendary disc jockey. Kind of a disc jockey's disc jockey. Uh, he was worshipped by not only his listeners, but other radio people forever. And he worked at WENY in Elmira. So I'm a radio guy first. If you ask me what my favorite broadcasting job is, it's always the one I'm doing at the moment, at the moment, uh, at the very moment, because playing with microphones still seems like I'm getting away with something rather than working for a living. I've never worked a nine-to-five job uh, since puberty. I've always been able to stay up until 2 o'clock in the morning. I never took a morning class in college. Uh, and so that's been, I, I've really gotten away with a lot in this life in terms of doing what I wanted and never feeling like it was work and never enjoying it any differently, whether it was $3 and 50 cents an hour or $450 an hour. Uh, and I've made both those two wages and everything in between and big contracts, etc. And it was never any different. It was always terrific, terrific fun playing with microphones, feeling like I'm getting away with something. So it's time for a bet online live read without sounding like I'm reading. Brought to you by Tom Looney and the JT and Looney podcast. You know, football might be over, but we've got the NBA, college basketball, March Madness, the NHL, and really the only place you should be betting on any of these sports is bet online. You can find them at betonline.ag. And it's a really great way to spend your free time wagering on sports. And they are a sponsor, a proud sponsor. Maybe they're ashamed. Nevertheless, we need to mention BetOnline. You can find them at betonline.ag. They also cover award season. We've got the Golden Globes coming up and the Oscars. And you can, you know, they got fun props involving TV shows and reality TV and and they're 24 hours a day, seven days a week. As I always say, it's like 7-Eleven. You can get a Slurpee at 3 o'clock in the morning at 7-Eleven. You can put 100 down on the Lakers at 3 o'clock in the morning at betonline.ag. Head there now, get a 50% bonus on your first deposit if you sign up today at betonline.ag. BetOnline. Remember that name the next time you want to Venture into the world of gambling if you've never done it before. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Rush Limbaugh died. I didn't agree with much when it came to whatever came out of Rush Limbaugh's mouth. But, oh my God, did he change our industry? Was he great on the radio? Yes! You know, in our political weenie culture, a lot of times... We don't like to say someone's great if they play on another team. Whether that's metaphorically in politics or whether we're talking about sports. Uh, we've really become a political weenie culture. We're one of the only nations that doesn't believe or that politicizes uh, climate change and what's going on because and we made a big mistake in this country. Hollywood 
uh, can have a great influence. And they made a movie about global warming, and it was Al Gore who was the host. Well, that means half the country who didn't vote for Al Gore thought, well, if he's for it, I'm against it. Whatever he says isn't true because I'm not a liberal. I'm not a Democrat. And so whatever he says can't be true. And if you see, you know, where in Texas, where it's normally 95 and now it's 95 below zero, everything he ever warned us about was in that movie. You know, the stronger hurricanes, the everything. And in our culture, we politicize everything, even things like viruses, hurricanes, climate change. And uh, that's unfortunate. It's also unfortunate when it comes to Rush Limbaugh because so many people today will probably say awful things, even radio people, or will tweet awful things and get themselves in trouble or fired maybe because they didn't agree with him politically because they couldn't, couldn't get past their political weeniness to pay homage to somebody who changed the radio industry. And a lot of talk show hosts, especially sports talk show hosts, aren't going to know this because it's not in the sports section and it wasn't in the sports section growing up and they didn't learn anything with their communications degrees because you don't learn anything when you study talking in college. Shouldn't even be a major. Talking should not be a major. And communications is basically majoring in talking. Yet masturbating isn't a major, eating isn't a major, and communications should not be a major. Rush Limbaugh changed the spoken word industry and the radio industry economically and creatively. When rich guys used to buy FM radio stations back in the 80s and early 90s, when they used to buy the FM radio stations, the AM radio station was thrown in for free. AM radio was withering on the vine, wavering in the breeze. Dying a slow death. Then came Rush Limbaugh doing his Morton Downey Jr. impression. Rush Limbaugh, who had been working for the Kansas City Royals for a while, but he, he was a disc jockey as a young guy and worked his way up from Cape Girardeau, Missouri to Pittsburgh. He was a great disc jockey in Pittsburgh. And eventually decided, okay, let me see what else I want to do. He loved sports, so he started working public relations for the Kansas City Royals and got bored doing that, started working weekends at uh, a radio station in Kansas City. Eventually, uh, weekdays, it was a big talk radio star, doing kind of a Morton Downey Jr. impression. Uh, that Between that and his favorite disc jockeys, Larry Lujak, and obviously being a political nut, was discussing the, and a savant, as any great talk show host is, could talk about anything, sports, politics, the weather, entertainment. Great talk show hosts can talk about anything and have, and, and always lead, don't follow. Their opinions aren't always predictable. The good ones, the trailblazers, like Rush. And there was a great Sacramento talk show host in the spoken word format, Morton Downey Jr., it was all about him. He didn't take phone calls and he was bombastic and loud on the air and Rush brought a little bit from Morton Downey Jr. and eventually made his act himself, himself, his act, which was a great one and expanded his career. He was like to radio syndication 
what McDonald's and Burger King and Wendy's were to restaurant franchises. Rush Limbaugh started expanding his affiliate base. And he had a rush to excellence, spoken word tours, rush to excellence, it was called. And he was able to take the spoken word format and talk radio format. That wasn't new, but people used to just interview authors. <clears throat> Our next guest wrote a book about peace and once served as an assistant to the Dalai Lama. Let's welcome in. Hans Christian Andersen, the fourth. Hi, Hans. In a country that loves wrestling, <laughs> doesn't read a lot of books, and he turned it from narrow casting into broadcasting. And another thing, one of the other creative genius moves he made was he didn't take phone calls, or a lot of them. The, the show wasn't about phone calls. It was about him. People don't tune in to hear Tommy from Omaha. They were tuning in to hear Rush. And I have a great story about that. A former program director of mine, Bill Lally, was the former president of the NBC radio network and was the second Mr. Snurdly for Rush Limbaugh. And got paid $100,000 a year to screen phone calls for Rush. And there were a lot of rules. It was not an easy job. Uh, Rush had become very successful by that time. It was the early 90s. He was exploding at the time. And uh, Rush had a lot of rules, which I won't, I won't divulge. And it wasn't an easy job, but they were the same age, so Rush hired him and liked him, and it was a contract for $100,000 a year to screen phone calls, a three-hour-a-day job. And one day, Rush was on the air talking about some bill which only he could make entertaining because he was that good. Talking about a bill in Congress, you better be entertaining on the radio or people aren't going to listen. And Rush was really good at that when people are talking about things for which they have great passion people with big personalities they're good talk show hosts jt always wanted to talk about tiger woods and golf i always thought it was narrow casting except when jt talked about it because he was so enthusiastic that it was great radio but i digress newt gingrich called in on the hotline he had the, the number to the hotline and Bill picked up the hotline and Newt said, oh, you know, I can explain this to Rush. Bill put Newt Gingrich on hold. And as they went to commercial break, Bill said, Rush, the Speaker of the House, Newt Gingrich is on the hotline, wants to explain the bill. And Rush said, not now. I'm on a roll. <laughs> and Rush waved it off and didn't want to have the Speaker of the House ruin his radio show with uh, political geekiness because Rush was sounding too good that day. And that's a really cool uh, example of how Rush understood the industry and he understood it wasn't about guests. No matter how big name the guest was or how great the caller was, people weren't tuning in to hear Newt Gingrich or Susie from Manchester, New Hampshire. They wanted to hear what Rush had to say. He made talk radio 
all about the hosts and less about the calls, which probably would annoy JT, right? Because he was a he's a guy's guy and he loved the callers. And it annoyed a lot of lazy talk show hosts around the country who just like to depend on callers rather than put in the work of monologuing. And and it takes a lot of work. Got to do a lot of prep. And you got to read into page 67 of the New York Times if you want to be a great talk show host and you want to talk about the issues of the day. Rush was amazing. And he came from radio. And that's one of the reasons why he was as successful as he was. All the most iconic, successful people in radio ever came from where? Radio. A lot of program directors around the country, program directors are the guys that run radio stations. They're supposed to be leaders, but many times they're not. Many times they're followers of great TV, and they try to get TV people on the radio, and it never works. Hey, we have a new morning man. It's the guy from Channel 7. Yeah, well, the guy from Channel 7 comes from television, so the morning show's not going to be successful. The most successful radio people... Of this century, which which let's include the 80s, 90s, and the new millennium, would be Rush Limbaugh, Dr. Laura, Art Bell, Rick Dees, Ryan Seacrest, Howard Stern. And then name Howard Stern should go first in that list. And Don Imus. And what? Do Don Imus, Howard Stern, Rush Limbaugh, Dr. Laura, Art Bell, Ryan Seacrest, Rick Dees all have in common? They came from radio. They eventually ended up on television and doing TV things. And a wink and a nod to Larry King as well. Uh, uh, I should go to hell for not mentioning Larry King, who came from radio. Became a CNN icon, but... He was a radio guy. Great radio broadcasters come from radio. Los Angeles, hello. But that's sometimes hard for program directors to wrap their head around. They want they want big TV guys to come in and bring that, what they think is TV gravitas. But radio people many times aren't as good on TV, and TV people flame out on radio incredibly. A lot of times in politics, people will say, well, you need a businessman. No, you need a politician. <laughs> when, you want your, when you want your car tuned up, you don't go to the florist. You go to Pep Boys. You go to the guy in the corner. I go to Guillermo on the corner. He's not going to rip me off. My neighborhood guy. Neighborhood guys don't rip you off. The corporations do. Time after time after time, you know, the con- secret consumer advocate guy on Channel 2, Joel Grover in L.A. will go out and find out who's ripping you off when it comes to getting your car fixed. And it's more likely to be. And I know there's a big Sears scandal back in the day. They used to rip off my grandparents and they lost a lawsuit over that or else I wouldn't be able to say that. But they did lose a lawsuit. Uh, yeah, And it's not it's not uh, Guillermo on the corner who owns the shop who's going to rip you off. It's Sears. Or the big guys. For some reason, uh, you know, the, the people who don't need it are the ones ripping you off. And the people who need it the most, the regular guy, the, the standalone business, they're doing the honest work out there. 
So that's my homage to the great Rush Limbaugh. Yeah, I don't agree with him on almost anything. But I know greatness when I hear it. And I was so excited when I turned on the radio and heard him the first time. Oh, my God, this guy's great. And you have to put your political weeniness aside many times. Just like people didn't do it with Kobe a lot of times because they liked Michael and Michael was daddy and Kobe was stepdaddy and they could never enjoy the greatness that they saw before their eyes because they were worried about comparing it to Michael. And a lot of times people couldn't enjoy the greatness of Rush because they didn't agree with what was coming out of his mouth and they couldn't just sit back and enjoy how great his broadcast style was. Uh, when he was on the radio, you knew it. You could hear it. He was effusive. It wasn't wallpaper like a lot of people who are on the radio. News talk guys, sports talk guys, and people that read the news rather than talk on the radio uh, uh, like a human. They can be on the radio and you never notice them. Rush was effusive. You couldn't. He could not be on the radio without you noticing him. Authenticity, I think, is the word you could use. To describe Rush, authenticity, not false or copied, genuine, real. Authenticity is also what you get at eBay. Did you know eBay was originally the authentic sneaker marketplace? Whether rare, dead stock, or the latest release, you can find the exact shoe you're looking for at eBay. There is still a big sneaker outlet. I don't know if you knew this. And authenticity is what they guarantee at eBay with your sneakers. They're meticulously inspected by independent professional authenticators. It's a team of guys, experienced sneaker authenticators, verifying the box, the logo, the stitching, and dozens of other inspection points. Every sneaker gets an authenticity guaranteed tag that includes a digital stamp of authenticity. And it also protects sellers with a verified return process. If you are a sneaker seller, eBay has eliminated selling fees on sneakers of $100 or more, making it free to sell or flip your collection. Pretty cool. Go to ebay.com sneakers. Check it out. eBay, the world's best destination for discovering great value, unique selection, and authenticity. From when I was a teenager to my early 20s, I had worked in radio, music radio. I grew up loving music radio, as I mentioned. And then I moved to L.A. to do other things, to act, do voiceovers, etc. And, and I ended up opening up, you know, tripped into the restaurant business and ended up opening a very popular celebrity restaurant, Van Gogh's Ear in Venice. It was iconic. Jimmy Kimmel talks about it all the time. Or no, Jimmy Fallon talks about it all the time. I get my Jimmys mixed up because Jimmy Fallon used to hang out there constantly as did a gaggle of other people Venice is great though oh yeah do you remember a place called van gogh's ear i do i totally remember that i used to go there all just closed now but yeah. i used to go there and I, when i did stand up i looked down now and i just would go and i could only afford tea the yeah. camera man i'd go and just hang out and try to like write jokes and... and when i owned the restaurant i had a lot of time to drive around in the car and do other things and go to acting auditions or go buy stuff for the restaurant so i didn't have to pay anybody to do it or any delivery guys or any vendors so, and late at night, out partying, I could hear the great talk radio driving home. And KFI Los Angeles launched this incredible talk radio station 
that inspired me to get back into radio. And they had a huge personality in the morning, Rush Limbaugh, uh, Bill Handel. Then that went into Rush Limbaugh. Then that went into Dr. Laura. And she went, she led into Tom Likas. Oh my God, what a lineup, what a great radio station. Art Bell was on at night. There was no time when you could turn on KFI when there wasn't a great talk show host on the air. And Dr. Laura, who exploded onto the scene in the 90s and 2000s, was also someone who had been working at it for 20 years. And Art Bell had been working at it for 20 years. And he came from music radio. She came from talk radio. And, um, but had worked on her act for 20 years before people recognized it nationwide. And they once had a battle of the mouths, this big event where they, uh, their afternoon show was the morning guy, Rush Limbaugh, Dr. Laura, Tom Likas, all at once for four hours in the afternoon. They used to do it once a year. And when I used to hear any one of those four on the air, I said, oh, my God, that's the only format I didn't do. I did music. I, you know, I did every format of, of music you can think of. There was a format called Music of Your Life. I called it Music of Your Dull and Boring Life. It was for old people. They're all dead now, and that format is dead, too. And I did country. I did uh, top what this was called top 40 or eight, uh, CHR music. I did AC, adult contemporary Every format you can think of. And uh, album-oriented rock, AOL, where you know you had to sound like you were high. Here's the Rolling Stones, uh, 95.5. And, but I had never done, and I was interested in everything just like a good talk show host has to be. I had never done the spoken word format. I had never done talk radio. I thought talk radio is perfect for me. When everyone else was getting drunk in college and going out to clubs, a lot of times I would I would go to the corner room in State College. They have this round table, and I love to have a round table, pun intended, full of friends talking about the issues of the day. Uh, I thought, how can I turn that into a way of life? And talk radio was the way to do it. And eventually, by saying it into existence, I ended up on 97.1, the FM talk station. They launched a millennial type, even though millennial wasn't a word then. It was a, a, a youth-oriented FM talk radio station. It was during the height of the O.J. Simpson mania. And Howard Stern was in the morning. Cato Kalin. Cindy Brady uh, had a show, uh, Tim Conway Jr., the son of the comedian, and I, late into the night, had an FM talk show where we talked about things that people 20 to 40 wanted to talk about. Where were the great donut shops, um, big tits, uh, what, what song was on the radio when you first did it? Really deep stuff. Superficial nonsense, as I used to call it. Uh, I would come on the air and say, Howard Stern all morning. Superficial nonsense the rest of the day. And we did really, really well with that format. But deep down, there were many times where I would pay homage while I was on the air to my favorite disc jockeys. Uh, when I would talk about slaving over a hot microphone, Rick Dees used to say that. 
And one of my goals in life was to work at KISS FM, 102.7 KISS FM, K-I-I-S, FM and AM, Los Angeles. I ended up working at KISS AM, which was called Extra Sports 1150 by the time I got there. And the only time I was ever on KISS FM was as a guest of Rick D's because I did mornings on the sports station and he was doing mornings on KISS FM and what a great guy. So it was really cool to work in the same building as him. And so I used to do pay the homage or steal uh, for Rick D's. And one of the things I stole from Rush Limbaugh was I would always uh, talk about all the research that when I was on with JT, which is probably how you know me, I would talk about all my research that I would have and I would rattle my papers obnoxiously. And that was my homage to Rush Limbaugh. Because he would always rattle all his papers and brag about all the research he had done, whether he had done research or not. You know, it's all the theater of the mind. And I knew when I paid that homage or stole that from Rick, from, from Rush Limbaugh that none of our listeners would really know. Because most of the time, especially when I was in Los Angeles, no one would know that's where I got that. When JT and I were syndicated nationwide, uh, and we were also on a lot of times the same AM radio stations that Rush would be on. Uh, that might surprise some people, but a lot of uh, JT and Looney affiliates had Rush Limbaugh middays and JT and Looney all night. So we did share a lot of affiliates back in the day. And he also many times, you know, live from coast to coast with one hand tied behind my back. When Rush Limbaugh used to say that, he was paying homage to uh, a disc jockey from WLS Chicago, a guy named Larry Lujak. So when I say pay homage, again, I'm talking about thievery, creative thievery that many times also is a wink and a nod to people that you think are great on the radio. And Rush would do that as a, as an homage to his favorite disc jockeys, and that was my homage to Rush Limbaugh when I would rattle my papers and talk about how hard I worked for the American people as we talked about Kobe late into the night for years and years of Fox Sports Radio. Rush Limbaugh. Rest in peace. People might be surprised that with JT out, I would do a show dedicated pretty much to Rush Limbaugh. But we have to remember in life, and we have to remember especially in America, as Americans, that Somebody's politics is only one characteristic of them. There would be an argument some would make that it represents their character. And it would be a good argument if someone was a, a good debater. There's arguments to be made. I grew up in Trump's America where, you know, people who ended up loving Rush Limbaugh were all around me eventually as we became adults. Because... Trump's America is very much like the, the city I grew up in. Sometimes confusing where these wonderful people have these, what some would consider harsh, political opinions. 
I grew up in a very conservative hometown, Elmira, New York, where the strip club, Genie's North Main, where I had my first beer at 15, was next door to McDonald's on Main Street. The strip club, where I had my first beer at 15, in this very conservative hometown, was next door to McDonald's on Main Street. And in this very socially conservative hometown of Elmira, New York, there was no drinking age. It was a rust belt town in the 80s that was dying and all those bars that did so well were desperate for money so every high school class had a bar to hang out in would pick a bar and nobody would ever get carded as they said in upstate new york or proofed we also use that word get proofed but these bars were desperate for the cash that used to come in when it was a the factory town, all those factories closed and they were only left with children to go to those bars. So I'm used to people in my life who don't agree politically, but we have to laugh that off and have a sense of humor and recognize greatness in people who we might not agree with politically and recognize goodness in people who we might not agree with politically. And that is why I spent all this time on the JT and Looney podcast, episode 69, talking about Rush Limbaugh. I don't know him personally, so I can't talk about his goodness. But I can talk about his greatness. Unabashedly. Because in a lot of ways, I wouldn't have a career and a lot of us in the spoken word format, news talk, sports talk, uh, wouldn't have had AM radio stations to carry our radio shows if it wasn't for the explosion in the popularity of the spoken word format in America because of that guy, Rush Limbaugh. Rush Limbaugh. You did a lot for our industry. Economically, creatively, thank you. Rest in peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.